0: Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title?
1: No, but I will
0: with your wife. I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh, playoffs? What are talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Hello, and welcome to the Pick and Roll podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, the second round of the playoffs are over already. It was a very quick Second round, very disappointing second round. Uh, the longest series was five games. Three went to five and one was a sweep. I mean, it was just, it wasn't what we expected.
1: Yeah, I think we we all, we, I mean, we both had at least one game or one series going to six games. So very disappointing, uh, especially since the Sixers were out in five. Uh, but yeah, disappointing not to see any of the series go long.
0: Yeah, I think we, I mean, in the in the Western Conference, I don't think we really expected too much it was in the eastern conference where we thought you know that both series i think both boston and philly and toronto cleveland would be at the very least you know five to well six or maybe more depending on what cleveland did but i guess let's just start out west with the, the houston rockets and the utah jazz uh, like we mentioned earlier it was a five-game series uh houston getting rid of uh, utah very quickly but a uh, good season for utah overall
1: yeah, I mean, they got a player in Mitchell uh, offensively that they can build around. They have already have Gobert that they built around defensively. So uh, they're going to need a, a lot more, obviously, to try to compete with those two teams at the top. But uh, really a good season uh, for Utah.
0: Yeah, I mean, a heck of a coaching job. Uh, we talked about that for the regular season for uh, the Utah Jazz. And, um, you know, taking a game... Uh, from houston and that game was actually in houston and at that point it seemed like hey we might get a surprising six game series out west but houston was able to you know beat utah pretty pretty handily in both games uh in utah and and closed out the series uh, they, utah lost by more than 10 the rest of the way i mean houston was just a superior team
1: yeah uh, i mean Hands down, at Chris Paul in that last game, just played phenomenal. Probably one of the best two minutes I've seen all year uh, from a player.
0: Yeah, and I think it was just finally he was he could see uh, the conference finals in front of him, and uh, something you know next level turned on in him. Um, you know there was a couple points where it looked like Harden wanted the ball, and, and Paul was waving everybody off. I mean, including Harden. It was not even looking at D'Antoni, it was, he knew he was hot and he was going to make the the right play. Most of the time, actually pulling up for, for shots or driving to the rack and shooting himself. But um, I I think that's really what that was, just desperation all these years and finally seeing it in front of him. And then just being a vet, who's a great player and just going out and taking it. It was, it was awesome to watch.
1: Yeah. He's been within grasp before. And ironically, it was Houston who came back from, I think they came back from a three, one and Uh, against the Clippers in that game six where if you remember Josh Smith and Corey Brewer the ones who led the comeback against the Clippers so uh, I think it's pretty funny that uh, Houston that did that to him then and that's the team that's taken the conference finals finally
0: yeah it is it is very ironic I know that was talked about uh, during the series Um, as as far as the future for them I think going forward they're probably going to want to lock up Derek Favors I mean he's unrestricted um, but I would think they would try to bring him back. And then they, uh, Dante Exum is, is restricted. I would think they would try to bring him back as well, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with Exum before he got hurt. I think he just missed game five. He got hurt in game four. Uh, really good defensively against Harden. Um, and I mean, he's just a, a late bloomer. I mean, he was a top five pick by Utah. Um, I think he's going to be really good, especially on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, that's that's where his game really is. Um, I would say definitely above average NBA level. Um, he's a guy that you want to be able to bring off the bench, and he's athletic. He can get to the rack and stuff like that as well. Um, but they, like you said, they they figured out, they found out that you know they have a superstar in Donovan Mitchell. You know, going forward in the future, you um, know, Ingles has proven to not have been a fluke. Um, so I and and Gobert, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, I think back to back seasons now. He's you know the best, probably the best inside. Defender, maybe with Embiid, uh, one and two. Um, so I, you know, with that core going forward, I, I don't see them um, not missing, the, not not mean in the mix. But like you said, uh, at least a, another superstar away from being able to contend with the, the big, the big dogs at the top.
1: I think this would be his first defensive player of the year. I don't think he's won yet. Draymond won last year. Oh, I, I think thought... Kawhi won
0: the year before. Okay, for some reason I thought he had won last year. Um but yeah I mean he he's always anyway been in the conversation and uh he he got yeah, this one yeah. and uh, I think you know he's only 25 so he'll be in the conversation going forward as well. Um and then we'll talk about the Rockets a little bit when we we talk about the next round. I guess we can move on to the Golden State Pelicans series. I think some people after the first round including myself, you know, with the way the Pelicans played were um, you know prepared to see them maybe I don't know, scare the Warriors a little bit, but the Warriors were able to get rid of them in five, really, without much trouble at all.
1: You confuse me a little when you say Golden State Pelicans. but Yeah, the, the series was, I think we both predicted five. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's how we thought it was going to go. Uh, Anthony Davis would have had to play amazing to keep him in that, and they did a really good job of uh, containing him. Uh, really going to be interesting. And I mean, obviously, the big question with this team is what do they do with Cousins?
0: Yeah, I mean... The way that those two guys are playing together and what Anthony Davis was able to do by himself against the Blazers and then, you know, they took a game from Golden State, which is impressive. I mean, Golden State's a really great team. Even to win one with that roster is, is, is an accomplishment to me. Um, if I'm them, I don't know what you think, but i definitely resign him and see. Um, I, I don't think they can necessarily beat the Warriors, but I think they could very easily take it to six, maybe seven if everyone plays really well against the Warriors going forward.
1: Well, they're not short of confidence because I mean, Cousins said if he was healthy, they would have ran through the Western Conference. I think is what he said. Uh, so I, I think they do. I mean, you can't build your team like Golden State or Houston because I mean, what those two, two what those two teams do and what they're trying to do, it's just way too way too good. Uh, you're gonna have to try to beat them. And I mean, finding two of the best big men in the league, I mean, that's a good way to start.
0: Yeah, it's um, sort of anti what. Rockets and Warriors are doing, which I think is a good strategy. Um, obviously, the Rockets, and we'll talk about this, are are going the way the Warriors are, and I think doing the going the other way can definitely work, um, especially because not just against those teams, but uh, most teams, maybe no teams in the NBA really have guys that can guard both of those players at the same time. I mean, I would say no one does. So I think that's why they had so much success together. You know, the only question in the beginning was can they learn to play together, and they definitely showed that they can. Um, so, you know, if they can, you know, keep those two guys together and, and, you know, I think they are a couple pieces away from really getting far, but I, like I said, I think they can make it interesting against Houston or Golden State if both those guys are healthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problem is who can cover them. I mean, Golden State has Draymond and KD. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you would think cousins should be able to back down, uh, Draymond, but still, I mean. If that's the best anybody can do, your, your chances are going to be pretty good to at least, like you said, uh, stretch that series, maybe six or seven
0: against Golden State. Right. I think having Draymond and Kevin Durant, I mean, you could say this, I guess, almost against any team, but if you're going to pick, you know, two guys to be able to cover Davis and uh and Demarcus Cousins I mean Draymond like you said one defensive player of the year the only other player you might think of maybe Jojo or or Rudy Gobert but he's top three for for post defense and then Kevin Durant being seven feet tall Anthony Davis is right around there as well that's in with the length that Durant has and I mean he's this year he's been much improved on the defensive end not to say that he wasn't great before defensively but even better with his rim protect, protection as well that's as good as it gets defensively and I, I think that's one of the things people overlook a lot of times with Golden State is is how good their defense is, like you mentioned. that That's really the the way that they were able to win the series in five. It, obviously, the offense was still there, but they were able to contain Davis because of how good they are defensively.
1: Yeah, and I mean, uh, before we leave this, I just want to say great postseason and season for Drew Holiday. Good to see him healthy for one season and uh, really, really show everybody what he can do and show that he's worth the money uh, that he got last year.
0: Yeah, he definitely earn that money i guess the last question i want to ask you is if you're them you you bring rondo back
1: yeah you bring rondo back
0: yeah i I totally agree he's just even
1: if you just play him in the playoffs just (laughs) just for playoff rondo you bring him back
0: i was gonna say that same exact thing you know it's just worth it he's so good in the playoffs and he proved that once again he just every year when it's when it comes to crunch time he's ready to go all right um should we do and the?
1: He will be a coach in the NBA eventually.
0: Yeah, and I think he'll he'll be a good one too. Um, do you want to flip over to the East or do you want to do the Western Conference Finals first?
1: Let's just go, Houston Warriors. We've been waiting for it for the last five days, I guess, and it doesn't start until tomorrow night, Monday night.
0: Yeah, it'll be a 9 p.m. tip off. It's a little unfortunate for us out here on the East Coast, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, this is. I think most people would say barring. You know, injury. This is the this is the NBA Finals, and um, it's a big argument for a lot of people out there who want to see the restructuring. Because instead of uh, a, probably a five game max NBA Finals, where this is probably going to go six or seven, uh, you could have the reverse situation if you got rid of the conferences.
1: Yeah, I think it goes six. I would I would say five, but Houston is the home team, and I just I wouldn't bet on Golden State winning. Two out of three on the road, and that's that's a little tough. Uh, so I'll pick this in six. Um, and, and I mean, it just depends on whether Houston gets hot. I mean, we we saw them go awful in game two and just couldn't shoot the ball in in uh, in Houston against Utah. Uh, if they keep hot, uh, they could. I mean, they could take this to seven.
0: Yeah, I I think you got to give them at least one home game, one of those first two. Um, if they can take both, that's when you get into you know, arguably seven-game territory. If they drop one of yeah. those home games, I think I think this will be at most a six-game series because I, I think Golden State wins both at home, game three and four. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they get hot, uh, they, they can stretch it all the way to seven. I totally agree with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go Golden State in six as well. I think what will happen is, like I said, I, th- I think they get one at home in the first two and then probably uh, maybe win, like, game five and then and Golden State will close them out game six on their on their home floor. They're a great team. They had a heck of a regular season. Uh, Chris Paul, Harden. I mean, Harden had one of the great seasons of all time, and DeAntoni all deserve a lot of credit. But I think they're just a, one big-time player short. I mean, Golden State's roster is just um, unfair, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. What I mean, it's going to be key for Houston, obviously, is shooting. But defensively, what Paul can do on Curry, I mean, you're not going to stop him from – making and shooting the shots that he does but um keeping him from getting in the paint and and making him shoot difficult shots is probably going to be the key
0: yeah if you can do that um if you can make it more difficult on him obviously that's going to help Uh, i know he's really good at taking bad shots but if you can get yourself in a situation where those are the only ones he's taking at least you're lowering the percentages you know you definitely can't let it be easy for him and chris paul's a great defender and he's a vet I think he'll do his best to try to get in Steph's head, and, and you know he, he will talk uh, if he needs to, and I, I think he'll do a lot of, uh, of touching Steph to, to, to kind of try to mess with him as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Rockets defensively, like I said, were pretty good this year, especially for a D'Antoni team. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the offenses between the two teams because of how prolific they are and all the threes and stuff. But I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I think the defense is really going to be the key here. I, I'm betting on Golden State because I don't think they're going to let Houston stay hot for more than uh, maybe one or two games. I, I think they defensively they they'll they'll lock down. They're they're always uh, really good on that end, and then that's when they you know they transition and that's when they start you know shooting transition threes and all that. But you know that's why I think not only with the offensive prowess, but it's really the defense of Golden State that I trust more than Houston. Yeah, and.
1: I mean, we have to. I mean, we can't forget that this is really the first year that CP3 and Harden have played together, and they didn't play all season together. They they really didn't play much together. And uh, I know they play um, usually when one's on the floor, the other one's sitting often. Um, So for them to win this series, they're going to have to play a lot of minutes and a lot of minutes together, which they're not used to.
0: Yeah, so far, uh, Houston and Golden State have only lost a combined two games to this point so um they're both really great teams and and they've been executing at a high level this whole time in the playoffs um they really just well not just,
1: two combined each they
0: each lost two that's what i meant to say my, my bad yeah. um yeah one in each series for both of them so far so um it, it's just like i said these are the best two teams in the nba i think most people would agree with that so i mean i'm going to enjoy this one i'm going to try to I'm definitely going to catch all of them tip to tip because you know, this is really the best series we're going to get this year in the playoffs. Obviously I'm going to watch the finals and enjoy that as well. But you know, this is the series of, of them all for, for this year, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I don't, like you mentioned, uh, I don't want it to be changed uh, the format. I, I think they should keep it East and West um, just for logistic reasons. I mean, traveling for those teams, cause you would have to change the regular season too, that, that's a whole different thing. I think I don't expect that to be changed for a while. So, um, I mean, this has happened before where the best two teams, uh, are in the same conference. So it's just a bigger deal this year.
0: Yeah. I think the problem is the disparity. I guess when golden state didn't have anybody even close to them in the West, it wasn't as glaring because it was basically golden state and everybody else below them. And, uh, Cleveland did, did beat them, uh, obviously a, a couple of years ago as well, but, I think this time it's just more glaring because the best two teams are clearly Golden State and Houston. And then there's a significant drop off after that, which I think will show itself in the, in the finals, regardless of who comes out of the East. Um, and you, you can see that, like I said, them winning all their series so far four to one and, and really without much trouble at all. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that they should change the format, but it's definitely an argument that people are making. I, I think in the future, and then, you know, probably three to five years from now, the East, and I. you can make an argument this year, the East was the better conference, top to bottom. But I think three to five years from now, the the weight will be the, the other way. And it's just the way that happens. The balance of power shifts, and that's just it's just going to happen. It's happened before, it's going to happen again. Just one of those things.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of those teams in the West, I mean, after those two, I mean, we saw it in the, in the results. They were all about the same. Um, and when it came to the playoffs, it was all about matchups for those teams.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about it previewing the uh, the playoffs themselves. I think the difference between this three-seed and ninth place was like t- three games, maybe four. So all those teams, like you said, they're all pretty much the same. Um, and, you know, OKC uh, was out of those teams won two games. That was the most that any of those teams won. So, um, you know, it's just... It's just, um, I, like I said, I think the the East, top to bottom, is a little bit stronger. We'll we'll see what some of these teams do going forward. I, mean, I talked about Portland maybe blowing up, and OKC's probably not going to get Paul George back next year, so that disparity is probably actually going to get worse in the West going into next year. Whereas the East is going to be a lot a lot more even, I would think next year.
1: Yeah, there's a couple guys that control um, the the power of the conferences because uh, it's a couple big names, obviously. Uh, we'll see which way which way they go. If uh, Paul stays or Paul George stays in the in the West, and if LeBron stays in the East,
0: yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's just use that as a transition. Uh, talk about LeBron's team. Uh, we had a lot of question marks about the, them. Um, we both didn't trust Toronto. I think that was most the analysis that was out there. I mean, I think everybody felt the same way. Very nervous and tentative. Uh, the Cleveland gets taken to seven by the Pacers. Obviously, the great story with all the Depot, but the Pacers really aren't that good, and Cleveland just didn't look that good at all uh but no one trusted Toronto, so I think we both said maybe like six games, but man, lebron and and company showed up, and he just owns Toronto. I think they've played the past three years, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Toronto's won one out of thirteen
1: i think it's I think it's ten straight, yeah, so maybe one out of thirteen yeah. it's it's bad uh Toronto just looked awful and I mean, whenever they would get ahead, they, they would blow it at the end of the second half and let Cleveland get back into striking range, and you just can't do that. I mean, you have to finish the halves, and you cannot let LeBron even uh, sniff a comeback.
0: It's just so bizarre to me. They just look so scared, and it's not all of the Raptors. It, it Really, the focus for me is on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, and it's for me, Lowry was really glaring a lot of times in this series— uh, he didn't seem to have any interest in trying to uh, take over or do anything to try to change you know, the tide when it started going against them or if they were down by a lot of points. Those guys just once again ghosted on their team, and they got their coach fired. And I think he won Coach of the Year this year, and he, probably deservingly so. He talked about a lot of deserving candidates. No, I'm not going to say— I think he- he was-
1: I think that was coach voted. They don't They don't come out with the official media vote until that stupid show at the end of the year.
0: Oh, right. I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, the coach voted one, uh, which, I, in my opinion, I if I was a coach, I would take that um, with a lot more... I, I'd weight that more heavily. I, I would appreciate getting the one voted on by my peers more heavily than by the media. No offense to the media, but, you know, your peers are your peers, and uh, for them to appreciate you means a lot, I, I would think. And I you know... I knew he was going to get fired. I think everybody knew that. And it's a shame because it's not really his fault. I mean, it, it's hard to, to do anything when your two stars bail on you.
1: Well, LeBron James got a fire. And how many coaches has LeBron gotten fired now? He, he got Vogel fired from the Pacers because they can't re- couldn't reach the finals. Mm-hmm. He got David Blatt fired from the Cavs. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous how these teams who are good uh, just can't get past LeBron's teams, and they get fire. They fire their coaches.
0: Yeah, I I understood Indiana's firing a little bit less. I, I think the the series were a little bit longer, if I if I remember correctly. This I think yeah, this, six
1: games or so. I think.
0: Yeah, usually, and they they were competitive. This Toronto thing that's happened, like you said, ten straight, and I I'm pretty sure it's one of one of the last thirteen they've they've won in the past three years against them to exit four zero four one four zero even against LeBron, if you have a team like the Raptors who won, what did they win, what do we say, 59 or something games this year, it just um, yeah. it, it can't happen. You have to win one, at least one, probably you should win two. It's, and like I said, I think a part of that also was uh, them coming off a seven-game series against the Pacers. But, I mean, you're right, it, it, it was LeBron, but it would have helped if you know, his superstars didn't ghost on him every year. And I, I can't call them superstars. they're star players didn't ghost on him every year.
1: Well, yeah, and Casey sat uh, DeRozan for, what, the last 13 minutes, 14 minutes of game three, I think?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then that that, that ejection, that flagrant two in game four, I mean, the game was all all but over already, but the the flagrant two on DeRozan was a joke in game four.
0: Yeah, there's been some really bad calls in the playoffs so far. I mean, if you watch closely, it— they've been doing, I think, a really bad job of officiating in, in almost every game that I've watched. It's kind of shocking, and it's 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 sad to see. I hope the NBA uh, does something about that in the offseason. I don't know what, but maybe put them through training again or, or run through some video with them to show them. So I don't know, something, anything. Um, but I, I agree with you on that one, and there's been some other calls that I had a lot of questions about as well.
1: So so the Raptors, what's their move from here?
0: I, I don't know. They seem to – you fire a coach, it makes me think that – Well, that the
1: team would stay the same because, I mean, they can't blow up the coach and the players, right?
0: I. That's the thing. I, I wouldn't think so, but I don't know what they expect from this going forward because their window is closing. Boston's better. Philly's going to be better starting next year if they weren't this year. I mean, who knows? They didn't play in the playoffs, so it's, it's impossible to really tell, especially – We'll get into the Sixers in, in a second, but
1: Milwaukee should be better. Washington
0: is go- as good, should probably. Be yeah, I mean, I, I mean
1: better than their regular season at least. They, I mean the, the, the series against uh, Toronto was the high point of their year.
0: Yeah, I mean there was talk about them losing DeRozan. I think the free agency, what was that last year, or the year before, and it didn't happen. They were able to bring it back, and they have everyone locked up at least for the next year, except for. They probably would to bring Van Vliet back. Uh, he was like he looked like their best player at times, which is not not a good sign. Um, and well, it,
1: they went to him twice in the in, in the uh, the game that went to overtime. They had him shooting the last shot twice. Yeah, once in overtime or once in regulation, once in overtime. And I mean, he's he's a good player, but I mean, Lowry or DeRozan has to be making a play there.
0: Yes, I mean, I it, it seemed obviously by the way that. Dwayne Casey benched him. I have no problem saying that. I, I really believe that he lost total confidence in DeRozan. And it's not just in this series. I think it was just a, 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 this was the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you saw the past two seasons and now this happens again. I think he just said, you know what, if you guys are not going to show up, I'm just going to go to somebody else. But if I'm to De- Demar call Lowry, I'm just telling him I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going to take the shot. Um, so it, it, again, they just, they played so scared. Once again, I it's, it's very bizarre. It's, it's, it's weird to watch.
1: I think DeRozan did get Van Fleet the open shot uh, in regulation, so he gets credit for that. But um, it seemed like the second time they kind of just said, "Okay, Van Fleet, you take it." And I'm looking at their salaries now. They have Lowry for 31 million next year and 33 the year after that. DeRozan's making 27 each of the next three years. Baca, 21 next year and 23 the year after that. And then Valchunas 20, or sorry, 16 and then 17 the next two years.
0: Man, Valetunas, that's so, a, I mean that's a good contract. I mean, he's a great player. And then I, I think Serge is earning his money. DeRozan's deal is probably a little bit much for him, but that Lowry deal is really bad. That's really yeah. bad.
1: And that's why we were praying that the Sixers didn't sign him last offseason. Thank God. <laughs> One of those deals.
0: Yeah. Thank God they did not. That That's a really bad deal. So, I mean, if they unload him, the the, the trouble is I don't know what they're going to be able to get back because I don't know how many teams are going to want to take him on.
1: Yeah. A good, good thing for them, Ananobi, I mean, rookie year this year, he looked pretty good and, I mean, solid defender.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's not really much more to say with them, I guess. I, I they're going to be, in, it looks like they're going to be stuck with the Wizards in this weird spot where they're going to make the playoffs and probably losing the first round going for it every year. Um, unless they decide to blow it up. But like I said, you mentioned with the contracts of Lowry and DeRozan, someone might take the DeRozan contract, but you're going to have to eat, a, you're going to have to take a bad deal to get rid of Lowry if, if you're really trying to start over. And yeah, so I, I don't know. They have some decisions to make, that's for sure.
1: Well, you, you just don't panic and do what the Nets did and or I guess yeah trade I guess the Nets gave all their picks away I for uh Paul Pearson um Kevin Garnett so I mean the, you, you can't be desperate and make trades like that and uh, give away all your future fresh round picture or someone to take on some contracts for you
0: right yeah because I mean it's it it's the opposite of what you're trying to do I mean if you're going to try to rebuild the way to do that is obviously to try to get high draft picks and keep draft picks if anything get more draft picks but I know to get rid of Lowry I think you're right I think the only way to do that was would be to give up good draft picks that you have probably they're not going to pick high anytime soon if they give up Lowry it probably get a little bit higher um but yeah I mean they're in they're in a tough spot how long is Lowry locked up for next two years okay so you know maybe they just say we'll eat it for the next two years we'll make the playoffs. You know, and then after that, we'll we'll try to rebuild because I don't see another way. I don't think they're going to be able to recruit anyone there. It doesn't sound like they have much cap room, even if they tried to, even if they wanted to do that.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I, if you remember, they uh, ex- uh, extended Norman Powell too, so he starts his extension next year, and he's making nine million. So, I mean, they're they already at 126 million for next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not ideal. I I, I think that's if I'm them that's that's what I think I think let's just run this Lowry contract out and then let's blow this whole thing up but we'll see what happens Uh, let's I guess finally move on to um, what we probably really want to talk about which was well I guess you could say it was a disappointing end to a really great season overall I like I said I I just felt so proud of this team They, they accomplished way more than any of us expected them to this year
1: yeah, it's just a tough pill to swallow, especially to Boston um, in five games. Um, but yeah, uh, such a great season. I mean, if you told me in the beginning of the year that the Sixers would make the second round, uh, I would have been ecstatic. So it, you really can't complain about uh, exiting. And they, there was no way they were going to beat. Um, even even if they reached the finals, which some people were predicting, uh, th- there was no way they were going to beat the team that comes out of the West.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, – at that point, I – I don't think anyone's expecting that would have been beyond uh, anything that we could have imagined coming into the season, yeah. getting into the second round. I'm totally with you. That was beyond really goals. I mean, I thought for, for me, I thought maybe we can get one of those, you know, seven, eight seeds and, and in the first round. That would have been great. But um, I think what happened was we were so hot and we came into playoffs hot. And then, like I said, I really truly believe Miami was easily the worst team in the playoffs this year. And we got, we got a good draw. Um, there's no way we beat any of the other teams in five games. And, um, you know, even if we played as well as we did against Miami. And then we just, you know, we lost in five. There was a couple of close games that could have went either way. We made some really bad plays. And I think Ben Simmons kind of, did, he, he didn't play up to, you know, the standards that we were used to in the regular season. But at the end of the day, he's a rookie. And, you know, he had a bad playoff series. And at, I don't know if you can expect much more out of a rookie
1: a rookie point guard too. somebody brought this point out to me. Like if you compare it to the NFL, I mean, if you're looking at a rookie quarterback, it's way different than looking at a rookie wide receiver. I mean, the rookie uh, quarterback slash point guard has so much more responsibilities and it's way easier for them to fail when the big moments come.
0: Yeah. And especially when the team, the shots aren't falling like they usually do um, or we hit some kind of adversity, the pressure, like you said, it falls back onto the guy who's handling the rock, and and that's Ben. And the pressure really starts to become you have to make the right play on every possession, especially when you try to come back. And the defense is intensified, and obviously Brad Stevens does a great job with the defense. And I I texted you and Shane, the guy I was talking about with the rookie wall, the question I had was, had Simmons hit that? It's hard to say because his statistics were still great. Um, He was 15 15, almost 16 points per game, eight rebounds, eight assists in the regular season. In this series, he was 14 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. The really striking thing was his plus minus. He was minus 21 in the first game. The only one worse was Bellinelli. He's minus 23 in the second game. That was worst on the team. He's minus 11 in game three. The only one worse was Covington. He was plus five in game four, uh, which was, the, which was the, the, the great TJ game. But the other starters, Reddick was plus 17, TJ was plus 18, Joel was plus 22, and then Simmons was again worst on the team, minus 13 in game five. I'm not trying to blame him or anything like that. or I, I don't have any problem with it, but it, it is a question. I think maybe it's possible that it wasn't just the playoffs, the pressure, Boston, whatever, that he may have hit his rookie wall finally.
1: Well, I, I think it was more of Boston having a great game plan against them Having a defender like Al Horford, uh, who can play him uh, great if he can back off him, I mean, because they were just tempting him to shoot. And the fact that, like you said, that the shots weren't going down. Bellinelli, or, uh, Ilya Silva, and Covington were atrocious shooting in this series.
0: Yeah, that that is the thing. that the, the shooting went totally out the window, which is why TG got so many minutes in the back part of that series. Bellinelli... The problem with Bellinelli is he's like a net zero. If you're talking about offense versus de- defense, when his shots are falling, when his shots are not falling, he is a net major loss because he is, he's not bad on defense. He's a traffic cone on defense. He couldn't be worse defensively if he tried to be worse defensively. So um, when he's shooting like he was, I, I, wanted be- I wanted Coach Brown to just bench him and stop playing him completely. Um, I didn't really see uh, why, why to continue to play him, especially if you're going to give TJ all those minutes. And TJ was playing so well. Obviously, Redick started to get frustrated there at the end of the series, which was a little disappointing. Um, a lot of people focus on his missed three. He, listen, he's not hes not supposed to be the guy who makes the shots at the end of the game. That's not him. It's never been him. He's a role player. But I thought from a leadership standpoint, him getting frustrated with Ben and JoJo and not bringing the team together instead of started yelling at other people, and I, I was a little disappointed in that. But you're totally right. Ilya Silva was really bad shooting. And Covington, he's so great defensively. He he couldn't have been worse. I think he was combined 0 for fourteen or 0 for eighteen in games one and games three. game three combined, um, so all, all the Covington haters got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about in this series. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and going back to Bell and Ellie, I just i I will never understand why Justin Anderson didn't get more playing time in this series due to the fact that we couldn't cover their wings. Marcus Smart was just backing Bell and Ellie down. Um, it, it just didn't make any sense to me how Anderson. Didn't deserve any time. I don't know if he was. He, I mean, he played time in the garbage times, um, so he couldn't have been hurt. I, I just felt like this was a series that Justin Anderson really could have been utilized.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing, and um, I, I, I think Brown got out coached in most, if not all, of these games. It's, like, it's hard to blame him, but I, I think the coaching decisions were poor in a couple of the games, especially at the end of the first half. A couple times not calling timeout or doing something to try to, I mean, timeout really is the thing to do. A couple times when they when the Celtics went on these long stretches of just scoring and just stopping the Sixers and just really all around just started to dominate for stretches at times. And then, yeah, you talk about bringing TJ in so late uh, in the series because he played so great. Now it looks bad because maybe he should have played more minutes to start with. And then you you talk about the same thing with Anderson, especially, like you said, Eliasova shooting poorly, Covington shooting poorly, um, and then uh, Bellinelli was obviously awful. So to change something up, I think he took too long to do that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's coaching, uh, great coaching by Stevens, but you also have to remember, and I heard the stupid stat that the Sixers had more playoff games played than the Celtics. That's dumb, because... The, the games weren't where they mattered. I mean, Horford has the experience. Marcus Smart has the experience. I mean, a bunch of the players, not a bunch of them, but Brown, Rozier were there last year when they went to the conference finals. I mean, the Sixers, I, I mean, I don't know who has all the games, but I'm guessing Redick has a lot of them. Uh, I'm guessing Jared Bayless has some of them, Bellinelli, Ilyasova. The experience was not in the starting lineup that was in at the end of the game. And um, when you have a player like Horford who can say, go make a play, go get a shot. And he did that. Uh, Him and Smart really won that game five for them and uh, their experience really showed.
0: I agree. Yeah. I mean, Horford was, I thought the best player in this series and I think his experience was a hundred percent. The reason why now he's a great player. I'm not trying to say anything about that, but um, he, he was good every night on both ends of the floor. He didn't make many mistakes at all. And he was, he was, he, he was great as a leader um, and, and that's the kind of player that he he is for them, and it, it's good for them going forward. But you're right. I mean, I wonder how many playoff games in the conference finals because we know Reddick's never been. I'm not sure if Bellinelli has sova maybe. Um, so, and and like you said, they're not the starters, the, the guys for the, the Boston that were playing at the end of games and really playing most of of the minutes were the guys that had their experience. So I agree that's a that is a silly statistic. Um, but.
1: Was- Redick? Redick, didn't make the finals with Orlando. I thought he was on that team that went to the finals.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I was thinking about his Clippers day, but yeah, yeah, you're right. He was, yeah. he was. I think he started on a team, didn't he?
1: I don't know. I, I just remember Turkle. It was like
0: unbelievable. Oh, as you
1: would put it, a, a world beater that, in that playoffs here. That
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and I mean, all this being said. I think we're both really happy with the season and proud of, of these young guys playing so well for so long this season and, and winning a playoff series pretty handily. And like I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, a couple of these games could have easily went the other way. I mean, game two goes our way. It's a completely different series. So, and game three, it's the same thing. So uh, it did end in five, game- but it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't, every game wasn't a blow. It was very close.
1: Games two through five, either team could have won, I would say. Game one, I mean, Boston had a double-digit lead almost the entire game, but every other one, Sixers with a big play here or there down the stretch, uh,
0: I think they could have won. Yeah, and that goes back to the experience thing.
1: Even if Bellinelli's feet are three inches back, they win uh, that game and doesn't go to game three and doesn't go to overtime.
0: Right. Yeah, and I mean, those things, those tiny things, they change so much in a series. I'm not saying we would have won it. I still think we would have lost because Boston looked like the better team, but I mean, at least it could have went six or maybe even seven but um it's just it's just one of those things that sometimes happens i mean they were the better team but it wasn't by much but when it when it's a five game series it just kind of ends up looking that way but i thought we made a lot of mistakes in the ends of those games and i think the lack of experience was a part of that but i mean it was good to get to the second round and play against them because that's the team we're probably going to face in the future hopefully in the conference finals
1: yeah and and just like you said those bad plays down the stretch i mean Game 5, Dario trying to back down Marcus Smart from 15 feet out. I mean, that just epitomized the entire series. um, Because you can't do that against a guy like Smart. Yeah, he's short, but you're not going to be backing that guy down that long. Yeah, I mean... That far away from the basket.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if he wasn't as great of a defender as he is, he's a solid-bodied person. So, it's not just backing someone down to try to move it's different when you're in the post like height matters a lot then we're trying to move somebody it's really about weight and i don't know I, I have to look it up but i i would bet their weight disparity is not as great as whatever sarge was imagining it was in that situation so but yeah i mean like i said i just it's great to have the experience it was it was a fun ride and that's all i can really say i'm just it was just I'm just was happy to be here this year, um, and and I love the attitude of Brett Brown and the Sixers organization. Just blatantly not saying much because of the, I think there's some tampering rules there or whatever, but basically doing everything that they can without tampering, saying that they're they're going to go everything they can. They're going to go after LeBron, and and also mentioned that they're going to bring Bolden over, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, I just looked it up real quick. According to Google, uh, Marcus Smart weighs 18 pounds less than Daria. There you go, but. So I mean, he's probably what about six inches shorter. So, right, it's not too much.
0: Yeah, twenty pounds is but a, yeah, it, nothing.
1: That's exciting uh, that they think Bolden's ready to come over. Uh, he was a second round pick last year. Um, so I mean, it sounds like he's the only one. They have a couple more guys um, overseas stashed, but it sounds like he's the only one that's going to come over. Yeah, and then I mean, like you said. Uh, Brown's straight quote was that we don't have to turn this into calculus uh, when asked about the free agents. So, yeah, they're going after the best players, aka Paul George and and LeBron.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if Kawhi comes into uh, the into play at all. Um, if you're the Sixers, would you consider Kawhi trades? I mean, I guess it would depend on what they're asking for, but I would assume they would uh, would ask for a lot, and we would have to give up a lot um and
1: they would have to Kawhi would have to confirm that he was going to sign an extension i mean he's got one year left on his deal and um i mean if they just get him for next year then obviously they wouldn't trade for him
0: right no absolutely i think that's the question mark for uh pretty much every team and i think you know what Kawhi is going to end up doing because you know he has so much power uh to uh to to play with on the spurs because the thing with him is, is he has that power to threaten not to resign. So he kind of controls where he can be traded to. That being said, you would have thought the same with Paul George. He ends up in OKC for one season. He's probably leaving. So I guess there might be buyers in the market for one year. I just It seems silly to me that anyone would do that. But, I mean, it did happen with Paul George.
1: Well, I think OKC, I mean, they, they thought if they had a good year, Uh, They could resign Paul George definitely, and the good year didn't happen, so they're in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just if I'm a GM, I just don't make that. um, I don't take that gamble. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But uh, yeah, yeah. So the the free agents for the Sixers, it looks like uh, a lot of guys: Bellinelli, uh, who said he would like to come back; uh, Rashawn Holmes; Ursan Eliasova; Amir Johnson; TJ; um, and JJ Redick. So, what are your thoughts? TJ
1: just. TJ's uh, option just got picked up okay, yesterday. So, so. so I mean, or or they have the intention of
0: picking it up. Okay, cool. So there, so so TJ's out there. That that's good. Um, I, I that was obvious that was going to happen. But for the other five guys, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, who do you think they should try to keep?
1: I mean, none of this is going to happen anytime soon, um, because they're going to wait until the big time free agent sign and see if they can get them. Amir's not coming back. I I would almost bet that. Um, it'll be interesting to, I think the most interesting thing is uh, Jared Bayless because I don't think they want to keep him and he is 8.5 next year I don't know if they're going to try to stretch that out uh, or release him or what try to trade him but they definitely don't want to pay that 8.5 um, TJ's coming back Eliasov and Bellinelli I'd bet, are gone too
0: yeah I, I could see Bellinelli coming back if he's willing to take a very small amount of money um, Veterans minimum, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't know if he's willing to. It, I guess it would really depend on what his market is. And then, I mean, he's he's thirty two, be thirty three, I would think. I think starting next year, so um, you know, he, he's at a different stage in his career where he might w- be willing to do that. If especially if we get someone like LeBron, and uh, Bellinelli realizes, he thinks that this team will probably go to the finals, and maybe have a shot. I don't know what he's going to think. He might be willing to do that. So that would be interesting. Um, what do you think they're going to do about Holmes?
1: I mean, they need a backup. Bit I guess Bolden's but he's not a center, right? He's a power forward.
0: I would say he's yeah, he's more of a power forward.
1: So if they're not bringing back Amir, they need a backup center. Um, Rashawn's uh, option is what one point six, probably
0: something like that. Yeah.
1: I I think I think he picked that up. You're not you're not going to find a guy of his caliber
0: with that value uh, for
1: one point six million dollars. Yeah.
0: Totally agree. He's a great young player, too. He's only 24. Um, he's shown that he can play. I really like him. Uh, I, I think that there's... I think there's, they definitely picked that option up. I, I think you're right there. I think JJ's the most interesting question. He's probably gone, unless again, he's willing to come back. I don't think he'd have to take the vet men, but I don't know how much cap space we would have left if we did get LeBron, but I think he'd be willing to come back for a lot less. Um, but you know, maybe he can go find himself another $20 million somewhere. I, I don't know.
1: My thinking was that last year they kind of made a deal with him that it would be like a multi-year thing, and they would sign the 23, and then he would take a little less the next couple of years. But, I, I mean, obviously, I have no clue, and that could just be <laughs> a lie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope that's the case, and I think maybe uh, J.J. wants to see what the team looks like. And I think the other problem could be, and I think maybe – if you're right about this, the reason they would have done this is because they wouldn't know who they were going to get and how much that was going to cost. So maybe they told JJ, we'll give you the change we have left. We don't know what that is, yeah, but whatever it is, we'll give it to you if you want it. And that's, it's very plausible because I mean, for him to sign a one year contract for that money, I mean, it's definitely worth it even if he has to move on. But I I think he liked playing on this team. He, He seemed to really enjoy it at least until the end when he started yelling at everybody, but he seemed to really love playing here. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, he almost he he also got nailed by Ben Simmons when they were running. They ran into each other, so he probably wasn't uh, happy about that. Yeah,
0: that is that is true. All right, so um, so yeah, so it's a it's a bright Sixers future. I I know they just showed the lottery date um during that last game, which I'll definitely be tuning in for. But it's nice to be talking about maybe signing a big free agent and and definitely either way being really good for playoff team going into next year. Um, and, and still having the lottery pick is great, but it's, it's great that the offseason focus and these podcasts will be on free agency and looking to next year's yeah. roster as a playoff team. Uh, that's just really exciting.
1: I, I mean, I love the lottery. I mean, it, it provides a lot of entertainment, and, but I, I really enjoyed having to look up the date <laughs> for the lottery and not knowing it this year.
0: Right, yeah, because I mean, really, I mean, it's halfway through the season, maybe before you're already ready. To, to look forward, you're already watching college. You know, you're already trying to figure out. You know, you're already playing. with the ESPN has that ping pong ball machine? You're already doing that and all that stuff. So, you know, there was none of that this year. It's all been focused on what we could do, and then hopefully get LeBron. So, that, that's going to be.
1: Oh, let me ask you one question. Sure. If, if somehow, I mean, the the odds are so low. I think it's like four um, percent that the Sixers get a top three pick, or that Lakers pick falls in the top three. How nervous will you be? During that break, after they name the top three teams left, because um, if it lands at two or three, the, the Celtics get it.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely definitely be sweating along with the rest of Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, it's crazy because that could change a lot going forward. Like that is a that is a that is an interesting scenario because um, I mean those are the two teams in the East in the future. It looks like those are going to be the two teams that are going to be battling it out. So that that could sweat. it's almost.
1: Yeah, it could swing the Eastern Conference so much. I mean, and if if you remember uh, the LeBron draft, the Grizzlies had a top one protected pick, and they they got to the top three, and they landed at two, and had to give their pick to the Pistons. Hmm. So they either got LeBron or didn't get a first round pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about franchise changing. Obviously, the Pistons botched that pick, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, to say the least. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that close to getting LeBron, it all comes down to to chances and odds. As long as the Cavs don't win the lottery, they're they're in it right somehow this year.
1: They have uh, boss. They they got the pick from Boston from Brooklyn. I think it's probably like the eighth, maybe.
0: Yeah. So as long as Cleveland doesn't mysteriously, miracu- miraculously win it again, um, I think I'll be okay uh, with the results. <laughs> I guess losing the pick to Boston, that that would really hurt. I don't want to think about yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd rather Cleveland win it. Than
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true.
1: Boston get top three pick.
0: Uh, yeah, because I mean they're they're pretty much uh, they're going to be in a bad spot unless LeBron some like for some reason signs back with them. But speaking of them and looking forward to the next round, I guess should we bounce back out west?
1: We we already talked about. Oh the yeah,
0: west yeah, yeah. You're right. Songs. You're right. Yeah. All right. So let's do the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it's going to be Cleveland and Boston. It has already been Cleveland and Boston. Boston, uh, just before the podcast started, is already up 1-0 on the Cavs. Uh, they looked lights out in game one. I don't think it says much going forward for the rest of the series. But I think it's safe to say that both of us, I'm not going to speak for you, but I uh, I was probably in between five and six. I'm obviously going to go Cavs and six now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was between six and seven, and I went six. and I'll stay with six, I think. Uh Cleveland's still gonna win at home in game six to close it out, But, man, Boston looks good. Um, and it was not a fluke what they did uh, to Milwaukee and Philadelphia,
0: yeah, I mean, they just they do it on the defensive end, really. Uh, they obviously they had a lot of shots in this game, especially early on. Uh, they grew up like was it I think it was close to thirty in the first half at some points, So yeah, uh, it couldn't have been worse for Cleveland. Uh, and that's about as good as Boston. I'm not going to say it's their max, but it was close to their best possible game. So that's the result you're going to get when those two things happen. This next game is... Well, the, you, go ahead. The
1: the thing is that I, I was impressed what they did with LeBron. Like they made him... Because they they doubled and they made him be a facilitator. And when you... You're not limiting LeBron at all, but when you make him do what you want him to do, I mean, he's he's a very good passer. Uh, but when you know what he, what you want him to do, it's a huge advantage.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of you kind of take a lot out of his game because a, a big part of it is his ability to make you continue to guess. Like you said, if they force him into one main avenue, he takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. And, and Brad Stevens is such an amazing coach. I think LeBron slash Ty Lue will be able to make the adjustments, but it sets up really great for Tuesday night. It's going to be must-see TV because it's going to be LeBron uh, probably trying to take over the game from the get-go. And try to have an all time great game to make sure they get one in Boston uh, before they return back home. So, uh, I'm, as much as this was disappointing, it makes game two, in my opinion, a little bit more exciting.
1: Yeah, I think the more Boston wins, it, it makes the whole series exciting because it puts LeBron in desperation mode. And, uh, not, I mean, he's not in desperation mode now, but, uh, he does not want to go down too well.
0: Right. And I think, um, I think it's, 1-0 is, is it's so much different than 2-0 because, you know, you, you don't feel the weight. It's just one game. It was a home game, and especially the way it went. Like, they played really well. Cavs played really bad. So there won't be that much pressure for the for the role players. I don't think they'll feel that much pressure. Even though it's it's a game you really want to win, it's not a totally must-win. But being down 2-0 going into Game 3, that's when things start to get interesting because then there will be a lot of pressure on those role players to show up. Um so I, I I would I'm pretty confident that Cleveland will take Game Two. I'll be shocked if I think it'll be close, but I think Cleveland will, will take it out in the end. I'll I would be really surprised if Boston blew them out again in any at any point in the series.
1: Would you rather Boston play in the finals or Cleveland?
0: Well, that's a really good question.
1: As an entertainment uh, viewer.
0: Well, as for entertainment purposes, personally, I just it's great to watch one of the all time greats, and you know. That no matter who they play in the finals, the Cavs, like LeBron's going to have, he's going to know that he's going to have to go off. So he's going to be playing uh, like at 100% the whole time on both ends of the floor. And he's going to be trying to have all-time great games in every game. And it's so fun to watch that, especially how great he's been this season shooting the ball. And in these playoffs, he's been really hot as well, especially with his turnaround jumper. If that can continue to go, you could see some great games. I'm still probably losing five. But as far as a series goes, I think Boston has a better chance to take either one of those teams to six.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, especially if Jalen Brown plays like he did today. I think he had 18 points at halftime. Uh, I don't know what he finished with, but uh, like you said, him they, they were making shots all over the place in the first half, and him, him and Tatum uh, didn't seem like they could miss. And Horford, I think, started 5-for-5. Five
0: five. Yeah, when they shoot the three like they did in the beginning, of the first half of this game, they're going to be able to st- stay alive with them, either Houston or Golden State, really. You can't really expect that out of them. I, the reason I'm more confident in Boston is because I think Brad Stevens is is such an amazing coach uh, that he could put them in a position to win two or three of those games and maybe they can get two of them the other thing too is if they shoot well they're going to be in but it's the defense they play they always play really consistent they always have a game plan that seems to take away what the other team's trying to do like you mentioned with LeBron uh, in this game and the way they just picked apart the Sixers uh, in in the last round so that that's why I would think that and I mean honestly the whole roster You know, if you go one through like eight is better than Cleveland, I think they have just better players. I mean, these young guys have just proven to be really good.
1: Yeah, I love when I mean, nobody saw this really coming from Boston when the playoffs started and they lost Kyrie. But people act like this. This group of guys is uh, like a lowly veteran team or not a lowly veteran team, but like guys that came out of nowhere. Jalen Brown was the third overall pick. Jay Tatum was the third overall pick. Marcus Smart was the sixth overall pick. Horford's been in the league forever, and he was the third, I think, third overall pick. Uh, I mean, and Rozier was just outside the lottery. I mean, these guys are not, like, coming out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, other than uh, Tatum, they've they've all been in the league, and, and uh, you know, they've been in playoff series before. They were in the conference finals last year. Um, and I think a big part of this is Horford's very underrated He's not flashy. He usually doesn't put up crazy statistics. He's just so solid every night on both ends of the floor. Um, And it's such an uninteresting way. Kind of like a Tim Duncan. Obviously, Tim Duncan was a greater player. um, And he, he was able to win championships. That put him in the spotlight. But I think the reason he goes unnoticed is because... There's there's nothing really too crazy going on with this game, but he's so good and he's he's there every night and obviously he's a veteran. But I think, like you mentioned, with the experience against the Sixers, all these guys except for Tatum, most of these guys played in the Conference Finals last year, so they've been here before.
1: Actually, I think only four guys on the team were on the team last year.
0: Well, you have the, I think, I the, think was, there's four of the starters, right?
1: Uh, it's Brown, Smart, Horford, and Rozier.
0: Right. Yeah. So those those are the, the four, you got, I think they're four of the starters, they're four of their main players. And obviously Jason Tatum, those are our best five guys. So four out of the five of their best players. Um, we're in the conference finals last year. So I, I think that is helping them a lot. And obviously they've seen the Cavs. This is a different Cavs team, but LeBron is the, obviously the center of it. But yeah, I agree with you. These are all high lottery guys. They've been here before. It's not like they're, you know, coming out of nowhere in that regard. Um, The other thing, too, is a lot of people – the one thing I wanted to talk to you about that I just just got reminded of is is a lot of people are talking about, whoa, can you believe if Kyrie and and Gordon Hayward come back? Kyrie is better than Terry Rozier, definitely. The way Terry's been playing, maybe not today, but a lot of the games – Terry's been playing at a near Kyrie level. The Kyrie's a better player because Kyrie's better than him and will be consistently that good every game. Obviously, they're not getting that out of Terry every time. When he's, that, when he's on like that, Kyrie's only a little bit better. And then Gordon Hayward, you tell me if I'm wrong? I don't think Gordon Hayward's much better than, than, uh, than the guys that they're playing right now. I don't think he's – is he that much of an upgrade over anybody? Um, like whoever he's going to mean- replace –
1: Bill Simmons tweeted about this the other day because he, he tweeted something about that, too. And it's like it's not him over Tatum or Brown. It's him over the guys uh, that are their backups right now. So, like, I mean, Marcus Morris had some, some – I mean, he played awful in game five against the Sixers. So, like, Hayward would have had those minutes and um, whoever their other guy is. O'Jale played a couple a couple minutes uh game against the Sixers. So, I mean, it's Hayward against those guys, I guess. And it would have been, like, Irving playing with Frozier, I guess is the point rather than, like, Rozier just going to a backup if Kyrie was playing. Yeah, no. But, like, I, but Rozier would have never broke out if um, Kyrie was, was still on the team, so they wouldn't have been given Rozier these minutes.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I, no, I, that was what I was going to follow up with, was uh, that, that comment by Bill. I had forgotten about that tweet, but that was the point. What I'm saying is the only thing that it helps, I'm saying I don't think they get that much better because the only thing that they do is they get deeper. But what I'm saying is, with the return of Kyrie, you're getting definitely a better player. Hayward might be a little bit better. Maybe. I don't even think he is, really, whoever he's replacing in the starting lineup. But what you're saying is, that pushes somebody else down, or himself down, to a bench role. And they're definitely better than whoever's playing those minutes. So they get deeper. But how much better does that make them? I think only, only a little bit. People, what I'm saying is, people are acting like they're going to get a lot better when they get the return of those two guys. I think they get a little better because they get deeper. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's it's not the Celtics, the Celtics teams plus what uh, Kyrie and Hayward bring. It's it's not a full addition. I see what you're saying. Right. And I agree.
0: Yeah. So I, it obviously helps, and they're going to be better, um, and they're going to be, you know, a heck of a headache, hopefully, when the Sixers face him, hopefully next year in the conference finals. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and going forward, obviously, with this core, it's, it's great. I mean... Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like you talked about with Terry Ruggier, sometimes injuries can can be good, not only for individual players but for teams. I think the biggest question is: Will these guys be able to take it with their ego? Will it get into their head when some of these guys lose some minutes, uh, especially Terry? Like Terry's gonna obviously not gonna be a starter; uh, he's gonna lose a lot of minutes next year. But I think they're bought in with Brad. It seems like a kind of Popovich type culture there. Um, and, uh, if they stay bought into it and it, 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 it can really, it can really be interesting next year. I think that they could make a, a series interesting against golden state in the finals next year. If that, if that's where they're at.
1: I mean, this is a coach that got Evan Turner, $70 million in the NBA mm-hmm. from, uh, Portland. So, uh, if I was a player, I would definitely want to play under Brad Steven's system and get better.
0: Yeah. It, like I said, or, it's... or
1: at least look better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very pop. Like it's, it's the way that they buy in, and they just play really, really good basketball. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I guess we we still have we're still pretty confident in a, in a Cavs Warriors rematch, and I, I don't think either one of us thinks that's going more than five, right?
1: Going more? Wait, the Cavs, Houston uh, Cavs Golden State are picking six.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you think the Cavs can take two? No, I'm talking about the, the finals, sorry. The NBA Finals.
1: Oh, I was lost there. Uh, NBA Finals, I would pick Golden State in five. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, same. I just wanted to see if we, because I know we had talked about it a little bit, but I just wanted to see if anything had changed from what we've seen.
1: Yeah, I'll give LeBron a uh, hero game and <laughs> give Cleveland one game in Cleveland.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, like I said, the best series you're going to get this year in the playoffs is probably out west. Although this Eastern Conference with game one the way it went, could turn out to be a longer series. Like we both think it could go six. Neither one of one of us, I don't think, would be surprised if either series goes seven. So in that respect, the NBA is in a good place. Um, and then having LeBron in the finals against Golden State again, probably not the most, at this point, it's probably the most ideal situation because LeBron's just such a huge ravings draw. But I think basketball fans will at least enjoy it. There might be a couple close games, um, but you know, it's. I think the future is really bright as well. I think, like I said, in the last podcast, the gap is closing. and um, But like you mentioned, Paul George, Kawhi moving possibly, and LeBron are going to control a heck of a lot of what happens.
1: And I I just looked up Simmons' tweet uh, Morris and Ojolai averaged 39 uh, and a half, half minutes per game uh, and shot 31% in the Philly series. So that was his point at if, if Hayward played, what, 35 of those minutes or whatever, uh, how, how much better would they have looked?
0: Yeah, and that's just one statistic. It's hard to believe. Hayward would shoot 31% over a five game span. Definitely possible, but a lot less likely, I guess is what I would say. And um, that's just one area. That's just one facet. So is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap it up? Uh,
1: nah, I'm just, I mean, I, I mean, great, great year by the Sixers, uh, even though, like we said, it, it ended a little sour. Um, but yeah, overall great season.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's, that's been my focus. I mean, it, it, It wasn't fun to lose, especially like a couple heartbreaking games, but it was such a fun ride. And you just look back in the season, you got to be so happy. And then the future's bright. I mean, hopefully we can get a free agent. And like we talked about, Bolden coming over. And it's been a fun NBA season, even though the playoff series were short in this round. I think we got two good conference finals, at least, out of it. So um, I guess what we'll do is hopefully have enjoyed two long conference finals that are fun. And then we'll come back and see if we write about Uh, Our predictions and then we'll talk about the NBA finals but before I sign off I just wanted to see if there's anything you wanted to say Kev
1: well I mean the the Eagles
0: are Super Bowl champions (laughs) that's true that is very true I saw I actually saw some uh, cuts where they were doing like Sixers highlights um, like middle of the series or like after we had lost basically like showing some Sixers highlights like oh this is what like whatever and and then it just would cut out and just just start playing like Super Bowl highlights (laughs) So, I think Still, we can.
1: I mean, Wentz was at the game, game four, so I mean, that's all you need to know. Wh- which game did they win?
0: That's right. That's that's true. He should have been at more. But yeah, so. I um, mean, he's
1: used to sitting on the sidelines in the playoffs, so.
0: Oh, that's messed up, man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm glad you reminded everyone of that. I don't want them to, to slip up and forget about that, so. But anyway, uh, this has been a, a good playoff discussion, a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll see you all hopefully in about two weeks-ish if these series go the way that we think they will. And then we'll talk a little bit NBA Finals and maybe some summer previews. So uh, for Kevin McClernan, I'm Bill Golden. This has been the Pick and Roll Podcast, and thanks for listening.